0: And welcome back. Here we are, Throwing Darts, Episode 5. When we left you guys on Monday, we were in a little bit of a tough spot. Rough weekend. We told you about the NASCAR out in, how it just kind of got to us. Everything unfolded, and we ended up being 0 for 4, 0 for 5, whatever it was. Ending up, uh, starting out the week, down units. Never want to start the week out down units, especially when it's about half of the units you've got to play with. However, well, first of all, let's take a lesson back to what uh, JP had to say once that discussion was taking place.
1: On a third of your available balance, um, it's going to make it a little bit tougher to claw your way out of that hole. I expect we'll claw our way out tomorrow and we'll be right back to at least even, if not positive. You can go ahead and lock me up on that. We are going to be positive at the end of tomorrow.
2: Yep. It's just a matter of whether we're positive about the outlook of the world or HIV positive. One of the two will happen.
0: That is right. JP delivers. Jeremy freaking Payton goes on a hot streak and it didn't take him long. It didn't take him long at all. On Tuesday, Tuesday, right out the gates, he came out firing JP breakdown Tuesday for us. Tuesday morning was
1: absolutely critical. There's no doubt about it. I mean, starting off the week, all of us started down four units, not the place you want to be. Those picks uh, and KBL were very tight. I woke up, and the NC Dinos, we had minus one-and-a-half, were up two. The Bears were getting smoked. The Bears were losing three-to-one in the eighth inning, and we had the over of nine-and-a-half, and we had the Bears minus one-and-a-half. And then we already had one game that I had lost. So we had a potential to go zero and four. But you know what the Doosan Bears always do is they always come through. <laughs> so the Tucson freaking Bears decide, you know what? You know what, guys? I know you need some runs. So we're going to score you five in the bottom of the eighth inning. So they take a little 6-3 lead. So they've got us on the run line. But they don't have us on the over yet. So you know what they go and do? They gave up one run in the top of the ninth. Exactly
0: one run. Was the game
1: out. Then they said, all right, we're done. There's your over. There's your run line. Three and one. And we cooked off from there. I decided that I like my obscure bets. And I bet the Polish Cup. Uh, Legia Warsaw. No idea. Double units. Did. Double units. Double units on Legia Warsaw. because Incredible. But you know they're, they're a great team. And they got up two nothing. And they took a red card. And I wasn't worried. And they gave up a goal. And I wasn't worried. And there, there were seven freaking minutes of stoppage time, but it didn't matter. They still got the win. And then, you know, what we did is we put some bets on the stock market and we won those. Uh, Tuesday, we couldn't lose. And what's even better is Wednesday, we had our biggest winning day ever. We did even better on Wednesday. It's not, it's just not fair.
0: KBO, Polish soccer. You heard that right, ladies and gentlemen, Polish soccer, and then to top it off, just killing the stocks. DB, what do you remember about that day?
2: I remember feeling very very worried at a certain point and I don't know so with the KBO you really can't, you can't get like a proper game cast right you get you it's like it's like watching sports on a phone from like 1998 and you just see these slow updates happen and when i saw that extra run that our guys the doosan bears threw on there Honestly, it's hard to get that jacked that early in the day and then carry on with your day. It's like you almost need a rest because you've gotten so freaking hyped that it's like, where do I go from here? It's uh, It was a dream. That's all I can say.
0: So then Tuesday, it's recovered. Tuesday, everything is – we're back to normal. We're ready to roll. We're in the black. And then Wednesday, as Jeremy says, even better –
1: I just, what I remember is, so I had been up late the previous night. I only got a couple hours of sleep. So I kind of, you know, first thing we do, like we talk about, you know, you check your phone for those KBO scores. I remember rolling over in bed, checking the scores. One game at every one. The other three were still in play. And uh, and they were all covering by like seven, eight runs. I think one was up by like a dozen runs. And all I remember is being like, yeah, that's kind of what I expected. And I rolled over and went back to bed. I mean, 4-0 and KBO on Wednesday we get started. Like, what? Of course we, of course we did. Then we, Bro, we had a uh, I mean, like we took Leipzig on on the game over on total goals, and Leipzig took a red card, and then they scored after taking a red card, and then they gave it up another goal to hit the over. I mean, come on, it's just it's ab- just easy.
0: Absolute bull's eyes thrown on Wednesday a little miscommunication and myself I went rogue never go rogue when you got Jeremy Frank and Peyton on your side I will say that (laughs) never do that again lesson learned DB what do you think about Wednesday I mean
2: you going off the reservation is kind of like kind of like you've got this old girl in JP and JP is good to you provides warm cooked meals occasionally you, you you might bicker, you might fight a little bit, but you know what you're getting. You're getting winners. You're, you have to take mom out on a date. You went a little rogue, you know, maybe went on a business trip, got into the, the Tito's and soda. And Hey, it happens to the best of us. But honestly, this whole week, I hope you can hear my joy and my voice right now because the adrenaline is flowing. We can't be stopped. And there's always a, there's always a rise before the fall, but I don't see the fall anywhere in sight. So.
0: So Tuesday winners, Wednesday winners, and then JP announces late last night a little something we like to call two-unit Thursday. That's right, two-unit Thursday. So what we had is we had three KBO games, of course, starting at 4.30 a.m., awful, three, uh, three KBO games, two units each, and then something happened. The Doosan freaking Bears let us down. We got let down a couple times this morning, and things weren't looking good. DB, what did you see when you first woke up this morning?
2: Well, I had a, I had a lot of anxiety before I went to sleep last night about the the, the double units. But, you know, kind of like when when a team brings a, a veteran who's been good for them back on kind of a favorable contract, and they, they have a rough final year, but they still get that curtain call towards the end. Uh, that's what it felt like to lose the streak with the on Bears because they've given us so much that, that if one day they weren't up for it, if those guys who've given their blood, sweat, and tears, if they're not up for it one day, it's okay. We did get bailed out with, with one of the wins. We went a little smaller on just the total number of games we were doing. Um, but, yeah, it was a tough start to the day. But when you've got momentum like this train has, you can get right back on the tracks real quick.
0: Right. So what happened was I think the dinos are the ones that they I think they scored maybe four or five runs in the bottom of the eighth or something and kind of put us up nicely On top of the ninth they got kind of sketchy I think they gave up a run and I was getting a little worried it ended up only winning by three. Uh, and then JP switched focus on to Cincinnati. You know, we didn't do well. We went down one unit early today. The, the morale was kind of low, but we were focused. JP was ready. And it's just, this has to be one of those moments where you just do the MJ shrug and you're just in the zone. So much in the zone where you don't even remember what happened. But can you recount for us what happened just a mere four hours ago, JP? What happened? Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, in my extensive market research, we've seen the market go up the last couple of days. It was up a little bit today. We talked about it last night. You know, we, we got together on a call before double unit KBO, but we said that the market was gonna go down today. And when it started up today, that made me feel even better about it. So we saw some lines and there were a bunch of lines I liked. I mean, there was a bunch of, a bunch of things like, like Microsoft or Visa that were up a bunch today. And I figured that they'd come back down to earth. And uh, sure enough, we fired off on eight bets. I took one over. Uh, I did miss once, so I only went seven and one stocks today because the market came crashing back down in the later half of the day. Uh, you know, it it makes my mark only 44 and 14 in stocks right now, which I apologize for that one loss today, guys. Um, but yeah, 44 and 14 in stocks, seven and one today. And obviously we're we're even more in the black today than a couple of days ago. You know,
0: what, what do you expect? That's freaking believable. Our padded our padded units are up there. Um, they're up there for the future. We don't need to talk more about today because now it just sounds like we're gloating. But let's look to the future. We're on to Cincinnati, KBO tomorrow. JP, take us through your picks.
1: Yeah, we're we're going to go back to to one yet. Uh, there's no reason to to really. We don't want to. We don't want to bankrupt their source right now. You got to be smart about it, right? When you're getting paid out, you can't be you can't be completely depleted and we'll get cut off. So we've got the Wyverns. Uh, the Wyverns just took two out of three against their beloved Doosan Bears. They're at the bottom of the table, uh but you know what? I don't think that they're that bad of a ball club they've they're clearly putting it back together, and uh they're playing against a team that's absolutely struggling so starting off a new series and they're playing well. We got the wyverns at minus one thirty for sure. um the kiwoom heroes uh, got an absolute stud on the mound, so why would you ever deviate from something like that? I mean you gotta give you gotta give them um, a chance, uh, to, to, bring it home because they have a former cub on the mound and you know how we feel about our beloved Chicago Cubs. So Eric Joseph is pitching for, for Kewoom tomorrow. Um, so yeah, there's like, he's absolutely going to cover. So we've got the money line there. Uh, and then, you know, the third pick is kind of obvious. It's kind of like how we love taking the on overs. We love taking the dinos on the red line. So we got the dinos minus one and a half because until we get burned by that a couple
0: times, why would you stop? The Dinos are what seventeen and three in the league, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, the and they
1: got 12 twelve twelve wins by um by at least two runs. So the Dinos are
2: like the oh seven the oh seven Patriots. They're basically impeccable, but probably one of those days we'll be on that one Eli Manning loss. But whatever.
0: So D.B., <laughs> David, tell me how you feel about leaving the Dusan Bears off the car tomorrow.
2: Uh, you know, like I said, we we had a good run with the Dusan Bears. And they're always going to have a place in my heart. I actually think that um, I might use some of my units this week to purchase a Doosan Bears t-shirt. Um, if you guys want, we can maybe save on shipping because uh, it's probably expensive coming from Korea. Um, but yeah, I'm okay with it because I know they're going to be there for me again one day. And, and I, know, I know how much they've meant to me during this magical run that we've shared together.
0: So on the absolute heaters and maybe we'll dabble into some more stocks tomorrow. I don't know. It just depends on how we're feeling. There's a great chance that happens. So we'll keep you posted on that, which is something that JP is absolutely locked in on. Um, It's been a couple of weeks since we were able to lock in on this, but the UFC is coming back to us on Saturday and we have fights after fight after fights and I know our boys have some bullseyes for you so I'm gonna start out with DB. DB give us something.
2: Guys I stink at UFC picks but I think I think actually I don't think I know that I have found the formula so I have got two picks for you all and for the listeners that are home runs. I think my logic's impeccable. I think the data that I've sourced I've been on YouTube, I've been on ESPN, I haven't learned how to pronounce one of their names. So without further ado, I'm gonna give you my first guaranteed winner for UFC Fight Night on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. I have been very good with the ladies. My first pick is Caitlin Shukagian. That's right, Shukagian. I had Joe Rogan teach me how to pronounce that today <laughs> on YouTube. Why do I like Caitlin? Caitlin's an American. She's not fighting an American. Sucker for patriotism. <laughs> Love that. Second thing <laughs> I like about Caitlin, our girl, her name is The Blonde Fighter. Never met a nickname I didn't like. The Blonde Fighter is a pretty good one. I also think she's a great value pick at plus 115. Lock it in, Caitlin Shukagian. Love you, girl. All right, JP,
0: hold on. Let me go. Let's go to JP now. Jeremy, who's your uh, lock-it-in um, match for Saturday night? Uh,
1: Tyron Woodley uh, is going to take care of business. He's a, he's a mean fighter. Um, he had a little – like, people have some doubts about him because, uh, you know, about a year ago he was, uh, he was acting a little bit soft and, and disinterested. He's been training in Thailand uh, leading up to this fight, he says he's more motivated than ever. He's got knockout power, and uh, Gilbert Burns has been knocked out. I mean, it's it's not at great money. We don't have the value pick necessarily that DB has, but Tyron Woodley is definitely going to take care of business and will likely knock out Gilbert Burns. But we're just going to take him to win for now at uh, at minus one eighty five.
0: Minus one eighty five. We got Woodley. So we got back to back Americans. That's right, Americans, DB. Give me another pick. As good as I feel about
2: Caitlin, I'm going to give you my final guaranteed pick for uh, UFC Fight Night, Woodley versus Burns on the uh, top of the card. I actually would have gone with Burns, so probably follow JP on that one. Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. Because I did take a look at that. But... Alas, I've got a guaranteed pick for you, and the reasoning behind this one is even more bulletproof than what I just gave you. And I'm going to go ahead and give it to you now. Billy Corantillo versus Spike Carlisle. Put your mortgage on Billy Corantillo. I'm going to tell you why. Billy, his name is Corantillo. He's not going to not fight. The guy's been quarantined his whole freaking life. It's not going to be a situation that we ran into a couple weeks ago where one of our choices didn't even get to make it to the mat. Billy knows all about these rules. He didn't have to look up the origin of the word quarantine. He's been living it his whole life. Secondly. Dartine into
0: Billy Quarantillo.
2: Billy is from Tampa. I've had some good times in Tampa. It's a city with a lot of titty bars. I love the juice that he's gonna bring, be bringing from Tampa. My final reason why you should lock him in at minus 130 is Spike Carlisle is, he's a doofus. His name is Spike <laughs> and he's a ginger. That's all you need to know. The logic's there, lock him in. Billy Correntio from Tampa, Florida.
0: Money, money, money. All right, we heard, we heard it from DB. Now, I believe JP has two things left for us. He has another lock as well as a parlay. All right, so Jeremy, yeah. what do we got? Uh, Blagoy Ivanov. He's
1: going to take down Sakai, the, uh, the Asian fighter. Uh, I can't pronounce his <laughs> name. I know Ivanov is going to take care of business. Here's why he's going to take care of business. He recently got a decision win over Ben Rothwell, we, wath- we watched Ben Rothwell beat up on our boy OSP and we lost him earlier. So, if I get the opportunity to take a guy who beat a guy that we bet, I'm absolutely <laughs> going to do that. I mean, that seems like a, unquestionable. If I get a guy that loses to a, we have to, like, you got to take him. Um, Sakai is, uh, is like a heavyweight that's uh, more of an up and comer. This is, um, but this is a big jump because uh Ivanov's really good I mean he lost a uh, split decision lost to Derek Lewis you know he's beaten uh Ben Rothwell like he's a really good fighter so we're gonna take him and then as far as uh parlays go we've got three high money play or high uh, odds. so you know like big favorites that we're just gonna pull them all together because frankly but like we we love winning in women's and sometimes we hit those random parlays so that's what we're gonna stick with We've got okay, Kevin on. Holland. Who's hold, hold, hold on,
0: hold on, hold on. Give it, I'm sorry. I'm going to stop, stop you real quick. Can you uh, okay. repeat that? Because uh, you're uh, kind of breaking out there. We,
1: we love winning on women's UFC, and we love winning a random parlay during the night. That always happens. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, right. Here's
1: our random parlay. Kevin Holland, who fought two weeks ago, and, and we took Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland, Thanks. he pretty much murdered a man by punching him in the stomach so hard. It was like the, one of the quickest wins by punches ever. One of the quickest TKOs by a punch to like the midsection or something. Um, so we got Kevin Holland. We got Roosevelt Roberts because it's a mismatch. He's at minus 315. And then Mackenzie Dern, who's a huge favorite on the women's side, but we always hit our women's bets. So Mackenzie Dern, Roosevelt Roberts, and our boy Kevin Holland coming through. There's three together. Those end up playing, paying plus money when you put them all together in a parlay. Sounds like you just got five winners because
0: me and DB had different locks. So that's really good to hear. I like where we're at. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. Then we also have this weekend more soccer, German soccer, Bundesliga. I know we got picks there. Take us through them, DB.
2: What I really like, and and this may not be a revolutionary thought, I think uh, Dear classicer, which I gave you all on our last pod as my guaranteed winner, Bayern did squeak out the win. Um, It was a little less exciting than it may have been, but that's a game of passion and maybe a game that lacked uh, having some fans there. Uh, I think both teams continue winning ways. Uh, Dortmund coming off a loss will want to uh, avenge that loss and keep some pressure on Bayern. Uh, Unfortunately, with five straight wins, I just don't see the Bayern train uh, coming off the tracks anytime soon. Uh, the Champions League's already announced that they won't be coming back for the season. So, with only the league to focus on, I think uh, you, you get both of those. Whether you're throwing them in with a parlay, they're both favorites. Um, or, you know, you, you maybe combine them with some of the stuff that JP's going to give you. I like both those teams to win um, outright this weekend.
0: How about you, JP? What do we have on the uh, Bundesliga yep. for the weekend? So, my boys from Leverkusen
1: let us down. Um or let me down uh, the other day when they suffered a loss uh, to Wolfsburg. But we've got them in a parlay to win with Dortmund, because as you heard from DB, that's a guaranteed winner. So that's a parlay, and that pays plus money if you get Leverkusen to win against Freiburg, who did not look that good uh, this past week against Frankfurt. But we also have the over of three goals on Leverkusen, because Freiburg scored six in the last game, in total, Leverkusen had a bunch. Leverkusen loves to score. And from watching Leverkusen play Werder Remen, they also love giving up chances in the back. So there should be a reason that there's some goals scored in this game. Uh, I am also debating between Fortuna Dusseldorf plus three against Bayern Munich or trying to take under four goals. I don't think that um, – I know we've got burn in this before, but I don't think that Bayern is going to score a million goals in this game. Dusseldorf has actually looked pretty good. I've watched them play twice in the last week. And they've actually looked pretty solid. They're in a relegation battle. I could see them trying to lock it down early, and they could go, it could be 0 0 at the half, frankly. I mean, they're surely going to lose to Bayern, but I think that they could keep the score total low. Uh, I love Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg to beat Frankfurt. Wolfsburg looked great against Leverkusen. They're a really good team. They're at minus 115 to win. Frankfurt is not good. Uh, finally, Hertha has looked phenomenal. They tied Leipzig. They put the beat down on whoever they played earlier in the week. Uh, they've looked really good. They've got Augsburg at home at minus 120 to win. We're going to take that, too. I mean, you know how I love to play the board, so there's a lot there. But I feel good that, like, we come out in the positive, and that's really all that matters.
2: Can, can I ask you a question? For sure. Do the Dusan Bears have anything to be worried about with Dusseldorf? Because you were really waxing poetic about, about Dusseldorf. And I know, we're, I know we're all exploring new sports right now, uh, but I, I, if I was a Doosan Bears, I'd say after all that, all that love I gave you, you were really just batting your eyes at our friends from Dusseldorf. True.
1: I, do, I do like Dusseldorf. I'll tell you, they, they, they beat Chalca. uh, They blew a game and ended up tying against Cologne where they were up 2-0. I watched that whole game. That's the one that last minute I took them – uh, I took them plus a goal at the last minute, and DB did not want in. Usually, D- when DB avoids the bets, he's usually right. This is one that he avoided that actually came through. Dusseldorf has looked great. Uh, Dusseldorf may be my Bundesliga equivalent to the Dusan Bears if they come through against Bayern. Remember, we, the Dusan Bears didn't win us over in one night. They had to start off hot for us. Yeah, Rome wasn't oh, built okay.
0: today. Come through here. Right now, if you're if you're listening right now, like like DB said, we're all learning new sports. So if you just heard JP rattle off a bunch of names that you have no idea what's going on. Don't feel bad. You're not alone. Whatever you do, don't go rogue and just fire off on a bunch of unders because it's probably not going to go well <laughs> that I'm speaking from any experience or anything, but what you can do is listen to what Jeremy Payton had to say, listen to what DB had to say, and make your decisions based off of those. These guys know what they're talking about. So that's the probably action for the fewer weekend. We we do. Right. i fewer than we do. We <laughs> do.
1: Like I think we do we give five UFC fights and like six Bundesliga picks, like, <laughs> oh,
0: we'll, yeah, we're we'll going down a little bit. Whittle yeah. it down right now, but as of right that that's what we're thinking right now. So again, that's our weekend moves. Uh, we're gonna switch to something a little treat today here on throwing darts at five. We're going futures picks in the NFL, and we're starting off with the NFC and the AFC South. right so we're talking over under wins this is the db specialty he's been looking at it his projections are off and right and we're going to start in the nfc south with the falcons i got the line at 7.5 seven and a half wins over is minus 120 and under is minus 110 db falcons do you like that addition of todd Gurley? if so are they worth those eight wins so As we get started on this, it's worth pointing
2: out uh, with these, and I didn't give you all these facts earlier because I'm not a data guy. The NFC South is playing the NFC North as its intra-division teams and the AFC West. So uh, they're going to have to go up against my guy, MT10, Mitchell Trubisky 10. So watch out for that one. I like the Falcons to be under seven and a half. Um, They ran it back with Dan Quinn. I think Matty Ice has become Matty-melted, slushy ice. Um, Todd Gurley's knee is about as stable as most of my relationships. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just don't feel good about that, especially given the fact the AFC West, man, that's a buzzsaw. You're talking Mahomes. You're talking a really good Denver defense. I think Oakland's not bad. And frankly, if the Chargers can get some quarterback play, They've got a pretty good roster, too, so I'm, I'm under uh, for the Falcons.
0: Jeremy, do you have a take on the Atlanta Fal- Falcons, seven and a half?
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not huge on this one, um, which is rare for me to say, uh, but I would also say I'm slightly uh, believing in the under as well. Uh, you know, obviously the Buccaneers are going to be better with Brady, so if you're looking in division, they're going to have a little bit more trouble. Um, they have to play the second place teams in other division. So they got to play the Cowboys who I think are better than will be better than they performed. The Vikings are not a particularly easy game. The Seahawks are a tough game. Then for all the reasons that, that DB said, you know, they've got, they've got to face the AFC West, which is going to be pretty strong. I don't think the NFC North is all that strong. Um, but yeah, having to add in the Cowboys and Seahawks games will definitely make things tougher. Uh, it's worth noting that the Falcons won their last four games of the season last year but those weren't particularly high-leverage games considering they were 3-9 and nine when they started their win streak. So it's tough, but I do want to say I'm probably going to go with the under there, but I'm not as big of a believer as DB is in this one.
0: So I think we, we've seen the, uh, the Falcons' tailspin. Ever since our boy Kyle Shanahan left to, left to the Bay, they have definitely kind of gone on a downward trajectory. There's something else that needs to happen. It might be the head coach. It might be Matty Ice is watched. I don't know, uh, but we'll see what happens there. Now we move on to the Carolina Panthers, who have the lowest over/under total here at five and a half. and remember, uh, Cam Newton has been replaced by Teddy B. Cam Newton replaced by Teddy B. And they're at a five and a half. And this is with uh, potential MVP Christian McCaffrey. What do we got here, DB? with uh, Panthers over under five and a half.
2: So this was another one. Uh, this, this one I'm probably pretty similar to our guy, JP. Panthers, I'm going under again. I just think that if you look at like what they paid Bridgewater and some of the other pieces, they, I mean, they brought in Robbie Anderson. But other than that, this team is going through a pretty big overhaul. I know they gave Matt Rule a huge contract, like seven years or something. So they're going to let him build from the ground up. I, I see uh, Teddy bridge over, over troubled water as more of a bridge to the next quarterback than the answer there, um, you know, between health and just small segments. I don't think he's, um, I don't think he's, you know, an amazing NFL quarterback. And then you've also got two really good teams, the saints and the bucks in division. So uh, I think they're going to struggle to get uh, above that five and a half wins. But I would. It wouldn't shock me if they're a six and ten team. Definitely not a playoff team.
0: Jeremy, same question. Do you believe?
2: Yeah. In Christian McCaffrey
0: I, over or under five and a half.
1: I would take the uh, over here, and here's why. I think Bridgewater is pretty good. I like adding Eli Apple, um, but I'm really big into looking into the schedule. And if you look back, you know, this past year, they had to play the Packers and the 49ers where there were comparable teams that finished in the same spot in third place from the previous year uh, because the Falcons had finished in third in uh, 2018. Um, But now looking ahead to next year, they get to play um, teams who finished in last place, which means that you now get the Redskins and the Cardinals. So on paper, that could be, you know, playing – so there's a big difference between playing the Packers and the 49ers as your extra teams and playing the Redskins – and the Cardinals. So I would actually say that I like the over on this one. I think that they uh, should be a little bit better. I mean, they lost the last eight games of the year last year. I think it's pretty clear that they quit on themselves. Uh, I mean, when you start off five and three, everyone's believing. uh, And then once you get to, you know, five and eight, you're pretty much done. So they lost the last three. But I think with a a much easier schedule, I should say, this year, uh, they can win at least one more game than they did last year.
0: Yeah, and with Cam Newton out last year, most of the season, I think they upgraded – they upgraded at quarterback with uh, with Teddy B, and they upgraded at head coach. So that minus 5.5 is bursting at the seams at minus 140 odds. You have to think that that goes up to 6, 6.5, maybe even 7 when it's all said and done. Switching gears to the New Orleans Saints, excitement in New Orleans. Not only do they have the greatest quarterback or one of the greatest quarterbacks playing but they also have the one and only 30 for 30 legend, Jameis Winston. Drew Butler, DB, what does Jameis Winston bring to the field? Does he bring you 10 and a half W's over or under?
2: This was another tough one for me. I am going under here, and here's why I'm going under. I think this is about a 10-16. I think Jameis is going to eat. He's going to eat well. He's going to eat about 10 dubs. I also don't think Jameis will get on the field very often. They've got a very, very expensive quarterback room in New Orleans. You could argue for all the lauding and um, ball washing that the national media does for Sean Payton that they probably should have cashed in on more than one Super Bowl. They've been kind of the bad luck team in the playoffs the last couple years. You had had that Vikings kind of fluke Stefan Diggs thing. You know, you had the Rams call where the, they changed the P.I. rule. Even last year was a really close playoff game. Uh, so you would have to think with Breeze having signed a media contract going into, uh, he's basically got a position already lined up after, that this could be his last run. I see 10-6 and six for them, though. I think the over is uh, probably the sexier pick here. Um, Saints are still going to be in the playoffs. They're still going to be in the hunt. Uh, but Drew Brees ultimately goes down as a pad the stats guy and, and not a multi-time Super Bowl winner. That's my take. So uh, Drew is
0: hammering the unders here on our, first three, on our first three picks. Jeremy Payton, what do we have for the Saints? Uh,
1: I would definitely take the over, and here's why. We just, you know, we agreed that Falcons are probably under. You know, I've got the Panthers winning like six games. So you'd think that the Saints in division at the absolute worst you think would be four and two. Lose two games there. Say they lose one or two between the 49ers and the Packers. They probably beat the Eagles. Maybe they struggle with Kansas City, you know, but are they hindered by the Broncos, the Raiders, or the Chargers? I mean, even if you lose one of those games, I think we're at 11 wins now. Um, And and I think that those are pretty conservative. Uh, So I don't see – I mean, those are a lot of worst-case scenarios, I think. You know, losing two games in division, I'd be surprised by. I think that they could be 5-1 and one in division again. Uh, I see them going 2-1 and one against the other division winners. I see them going 3-1 and one against the AFC West. That's giving you some room to play, so I think that they'll probably be able to take care of business and handle the over. And like, like DB said, you know, this could be Drew Brees' last run, and as a result, I don't see him, you know, whimpering through into the playoffs as like the fourth, 3
0: or 4 seed and being 10-6. So on the opposite side of the table here again, now for the last one to wrap up the NFC South. Probably the most exciting team we have, if not in all the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's right. They got number 12 at the helm now, uh, calling the shots. They got number 87, Rob Gronkowski, playing tight end for them. Uh, A lot of optimism in Tampa Bay. DB, are you with that optimism at nine and a half?
2: You know, I don't like to take expensive bets uh, at the nine and a half number. We're already at minus 160 just because there's a lot of intrigue around Tampa. Uh, But I like Tampa over here. Uh, And let me tell you why. I think a lot of people are excited about Gronkowski. You know who I'm excited about? I'm excited about watching someone other than Jameis Winston, who may have been blind, throw to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and that whole lineup, man. You've got Bruce Arians, who's – Proven to work well with veteran quarterbacks. Look what he did with some of the guys in Indy, some of the guys in Arizona. He made Carson Palmer look competent. I think he's going to get Brady nice and relaxed. I like Brady's juju that he was throwing around the golf course the other day. Ripped his pants, but he was chilled out about it. I think, I think this is the year that maybe the Pats are kind of a plucky wild card team, and Bill Belichick's like, this is my shit. And I think this is the year that Brady just gets that. That Florida tan is feeling good about life. He's not as constrained anymore. He's throwing the ball downfield. I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over here. I don't quite think they're a Super Bowl favorite, but I do like them to get to 10 wins.
0: So at minus 160, that's a, that's a, you're, you're paying a premium for that Brady over. But, I mean, you got to think that Brady, the greatest living American, is going to do something with that offense with Bruce Arians. Jeremy Payton, how do you feel about the Bucks?
1: Uh, I agree with a lot of DB's takes, um, but to me, this is too rich. I think it's too much of an unknown. At minus 160, you've got to be 61.5% sure that they're going to hit the over. I'm not there. I think uh, I'm not entirely sold on – The data guy. I didn't think Brady looked that good last year. Um, you know, I don't think that they're just going to roll through the division. I think, you know, they could do well in their division, but I don't think they're going to roll through it. They have to play the Rams, who aren't a terrible team uh you know in the AFC West I I mean I think that I think that they're probably a 10-win team how's that but to be probably a 10-win team and uh you need to have a 61.5 percent confidence to break even if those bets hit 61.5 percent of the time you're completely even so it's just a little bit too rich for my blood if it were even money or you know minus 110 or 120 I'd probably take it I'm just not as confident as DB
0: is so I actually just stay away from this one Staying away, not paying the minus 160 and uh, not taking the plus money either. So that's going to be interesting to see over the course of the year how that plays out. Granted, we are playing football in the fall. All right, switching gears down to AFC South. We're going to start here. Let's start at the bottom. All right, we got a, a, a pathetic number at 4.5. You guessed it. The Jacksonville Jaguars fall far from grace from their Super Bowl run or their AFC championship run. They're at four and a half. They're over four and a half is at minus 120. Under four and a half is at minus 110. This is a snoozer. Who cares about the Jags? JP, tell us something to brighten up our Jag talk.
1: I am not particularly confident in the Jacksonville Jaguars as a whole. That being said, four and a half is so low. I mean, it's so low. We're flying look at so low. To,
2: We're flying so low. Right.
1: <laughs> so they've got, look at their schedule. They play the AFC North and the NFC North. So in there, you get the Cincinnati Bengals, you get the Miami Dolphins, and you get the LA Chargers. To get four and a half wins, you just got to win like one of those games. Wrong <laughs> division. AFC South you get to the Colts, you know, the Titans and the Texans. The the Texans and Titans are are good ball clubs. The Colts are okay. Like do they win two games in the division? They won two games last year. I mean, maybe uh, and then you know the NFC North you still get to play the Bears who are my favorite team and they absolutely suck. And then you play the Detroit Lions and the Detroit Lions are are not a good football club. I mean, this is tough. Like the to Colts Four, like I think they're going to win four or five games. It's th- with a line that low, and to also play against a pretty weak schedule is tough to take the under. Uh, this is, I mean, I'm giving you this is the first time in the history of my betting that I've given you two straight stay away picks. All right, stay away. Well,
0: all right, DB.
2: I'm seeing the board here. So let me tell you why the Jags get to over four and a half wins. I'm all in on Minshew Mania. Love it. That guy has got some pluck. He's got some spark to him. I think the Bears game is a guaranteed win because what would be more Ryan Pace than to take on Nick Foles' shitty-ass contract and then lose to the Jags, who are actively tanking? They traded Calais Campbell for like a fifth-round pick to the Ravens. They don't want to win, but they're going to be... I think they're going to be a lot like the Dolphins were last year, where they just like... Fuck up on the way to the fifth pick instead of the first pick. <laughs> I love the Jags over here, four and a half plus. I like rooting on an underdog, so the idea of a future for a whole year <laughs> betting on like noon games that aren't on national TV just sounds, <laughs> sounds delicious. I think you just miss football.
0: DB is going to be locked into those Thursday night Jags versus Titans games that nobody watches. Color rush, but, baby! Uh, the color rush. Great, great uniforms. Uh, Moving on over to the great state of Texas, which houses probably the most incompetent GM slash head coach in the NFL, Bill O'Brien. We got a Houston resident in the house. DB, tell us what you got on the Texans 7.5 over under. What do we got?
2: So we've had, we're gonna go through eight picks today. This is my guaranteed pick of all these picks. My guaranteed pick of all we've got is the Texans over at minus 110. I think similar to the Brady bump that you're seeing in Tampa, you're seeing a lot of negativity head towards Houston. Bill O'Brien, we could do a whole fucking pod on Bill O'Brien, the GM. Bill O'Brien, the coach, however, Is middle of the road. He's also (laughs) got a top five quarterback in the league. I don't I just don't see Deshaun Watson going seven and nine. I know the DeAndre trade was terrible. I wanted to pour bleach in my eyeballs when we (laughs) traded DeAndre Hopkins. But I kind of like Brandon Cooks on a bounce back season. If Will Fuller decides he wants to play more than 40% of the games, that'd be great. The Texans. Love shooting themselves in the foot. The ideal scenario is that Deshaun gets hurt early. They tank the 3 and 13. Bill O'Brien is sent packing. He's never on Kirby Drive again. What's going to happen though is Bill O'Brien is going to go 9-7, 10 and 6, keep putzing along. JJ's going to keep (laughs) tweeting, and they're going to hit that over over seven and a half, (laughs) minus 110. This is a guaranteed over for me because God hates me, and God wants Bill O'Brien to stay in his job.
1: <laughs> JP,
0: give us your Texans take.
1: Yeah, I think this is one that we actually will absolutely have to bet. Um, the Houston Texans, much like my beloved Chicago Bears, they're a little bit better, but they just scream like 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. <laughs> The positive thing about the Houston Texans here is that, you know, they play the AFC North. Which you're probably gonna get two, maybe three wins out of. the uh, same thing with the NFC North. I could very easily see that the Texans going three and one against the NFC North. And then when you look at the, the division champions that they have to play because they won this past year, the Kansas City Chiefs, but also the New England Patriots. And the New England Patriots are definitely down. So getting to play, you know, on a normal year, if you think, oh, we're gonna play the Chiefs and the Patriots, that's probably two losses. I very well see that being one and one this year. Uh, I mean, yeah, this this team screams 8-8, eight, 9-7. Eight, they don't have a tough schedule. As a result, I think that they are able to, to hit the over um, and get the job done with, with a couple of the star powers that
0: they still have intact there in Houston. All right, moving on to the former Houston franchise. That's right, the Tennessee Titans. We have them at eight and a half. Over minus 125, under minus 105. Keep in mind the Titans made it all the way. They knocked off Tom Brady and the boys, probably kicked them out of New England, made it to the AFC Championship only to get stalled out by, uh, by the eventual Super Bowl champs. DB, Titans, eight and a half. What do you got? So for my Houston juice to
2: carry on the way that it's going to carry on, I think we're going to have to need the Titans to take a step back, and I believe they will take a step back. I think ultimately the Ryan Tannehill deal is going to prove to be an albatross around their necks. I don't think he's an elite quarterback. I think he got hot at the right time. I think they rode that beautiful, beautiful man, Derrick Henry, about as hard as they could. Um, I just don't see this team making the run that they make. They made last year. Um, and so I'm going to go under here. I think they're about a, a 500 team. A lot of my bets really hinge on, on kind of the alternatives, right? So if Houston's going to be pretty average, I think Tennessee is just below average. Maybe they split their games with, with the Colts. They split their games with the Texans. I'm going under, <laughs> despite the fact that I like Mike Vrabel as a coach. I just don't see them as a team that's, that's going to get over.
0: JP, Mike, v- Mike Vrabel, are you a believer? Is yeah, it, is think it think his that, system, or is it a fluke like DB says? Right. What it comes down to here in
1: the AFC South is it's, it's going to be hard. You're either going to hit all these or kind of miss all these because the AFC South is very much a three-team division. The Texans, Titans, or Colts could all very well take this division. I don't think the Jaguars can. Right. But being said, you know, the Titans, they play the Bills and the Broncos. Those are very, you know, eh, opponents. I agree with DB that this looks like an 8-8 eight and eight type of ball club. Uh, you know, it, I like what Derrick Henry's done. I wonder about workload one and then two, if anyone ever solves it. Right. Because there's a lot of, it's kind of like when RG three was really good all of a sudden, everyone's like, Oh boy, this is a game changer in the league. And then he got salt, you know, can they figure out how to stop Derrick Henry or will, you know, 35, 40 carries the game, just tire him out at some point. I'm inclined to say somebody figures it out or, or he just tires out. I mean, think if Derrick Henry, God forbid, gets hurt at some point in the season, I don't see how they, they would win a game because I'm on board with DB's take that, that they don't have many other offensive pieces. So I would agree with him. I don't think that they're way under, but I do think that they're under.
0: Yeah, I think Derrick Henry is definitely the X factor in this team. If, if, you, if he comes out firing like he did last year, forget it. But if he comes out average, like some running backs have come out to, you know, the running back shelf life isn't very long. And so if he comes out and, you know, he's a shell of his former self, the Titans are going to be in trouble, especially since Ryan Tannehill, he's not going to win you games. He's going to – he won't lose them, but he's not necessarily going to win you the game. And last thing, speaking of uh, new quarterbacks, we have a change at the helm in Indianapolis. Jacoby Brissett gone. Phil Rivers, the doppelganger of Mr. D.B., He is at the helm, and does he get the Colts over a a nine-and-a-half win mark? Colts over nine-and-a-half is at plus money at 105, under. Vegas likes them under at minus 135. You pay a premium for that. DB, how do you feel about your boy, Phil Rivers?
2: I'm going to use a little anecdote for you guys to to tell you how I feel about Phil Rivers. I think Brady has a bounce-back year. I don't think we see Brady win another Super Bowl, but I think he's getting – I think we have a bounce back year. Everything I saw from Phil Rivers getting tanked on a Sunday last year, watching him run around with his head about to get chopped off, told me that that was a guy whose better days are behind him. Phil Rivers, at the end of this football season, will have more children than he will have wins. <laughs> I'm going under. I just don't see – I don't see why $25 million spent on Phil Rivers is better than, than – Uh, Indianapolis trying to go out and get a guy like Cam Newton or something like that. I think is a crazy move. They've got a good roster as evidenced by some of the wins they're able to get last year, but man, they just they can't find quarterback after Captain Andrew Luck decided that he was going to hang up his musket. And so (laughs) I don't see, I don't see. And I think right now the money agrees with me. Um, I believe we're at minus 135 on the under uh, and plus money actually for the over. I just don't see the Colts. Uh, I'd be more inclined to say that the Titans do something this season than the Colts. I I, I don't see it with with old man Rivers at, at QB. All right.
0: Jeremy. Do I you think agree with
1: uh, DB that, there. Yeah, the last thing that DB said I I agree with the most and that's I feel that the Titans are more likely to have a successful season than the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, frankly, We could definitely get both those wrong by, by game. I don't think that the Colts win 10 games. When you look at, you know, a lot comes down to who they play against. Again, you know, the AFC North is going to be very interesting because we know that the Ravens are really good. The Steelers, like, we really don't have a clue what they're going to be, what, what they look like at the quarterback position. Speaking of the quarterback position, Cincinnati's got a new one. And then even Cleveland, you know, Baker Mayfield is, is their X factor. I mean, there's, there's a chance that, that one of these three teams between the Texans, Titans, and Colts could go 0-4 against the AFC North. And, like, that's a, that's a true possibility. So it's hard to say. Uh, it really depends on how they run through that division, I think, uh, and then the, within division as well. I don't see the Colts winning 10 games. I think the Colts could win nine. I think it's going to be tight. I've, but uh, I think that if I were to rank my confidence order um, of, like, teams to, to win the division, I think that the Texans and Titans I'd put far ahead of the Colts which given that the Colts are there at nine and a half and is the highest win total of the group, I'd have to safely say that I would go with the under and Vegas does agree.
0: So there it is. That's our first installment for the AFC, NFC, NFL futures. I don't know about you guys. It's a little early to be talking NFL, but I am ready for the fall. I'm ready for some pigskin. Can't wait for that opening kickoff because it's going to be magical. So we gave you guys some weekend picks Join us tomorrow for some KBO. Stay around for some stocks. Saturday, we'll kick it off with some Bundesliga, end it off with some UFC, and then Sunday, hopefully, end the week off strong. You know the boys. I got DB. I got JP. And uh, we'll see you next time. This was Throwing Darts Episode 5, May twenty eighth, 2020. Happy gambling.